Hey there, Salem Fields. It's your host, Pastor Jason. I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. And, you know, just to give you kind of heads up what to expect today, we were going to let you know that um, we're going to have a, a time of worship with uh, music, and then we're going to a time of uh, Pastor Chris uh, Becker will be preaching to us today. And so just stay tuned for that message um, as we kind of continue to welcome Jesus to the neighborhood. Um, you know, we're so glad that you're here with us, and there's just so many great things that are going on at Salem Fields. So make sure you're staying tuned um, at the end of the service just how you can get more involved with uh, some of the things that we've got going on. We also want to make sure that we're staying connected with you. So please take time to fill out your connection card at salemfields.com contact. So this way we can best fit. Uh, know how to take care of you and how we can just meet your needs. Well, again, ready to kind of set aside all the distractions and uh, let's just go into this time of worship together today. And again, we hope that you're having a great day and we are excited about worship um, as we go in right now. Hey everyone, welcome to church and stand to our feet and worship together. Breaking through the silence with glory in the highest, the hope of all creation, resting in his mother's arms. A song on the horizon, ringing through the heavens, a long-awaited Savior. Come and set the captives free. Come and set the captives free. Come and set us free. Oh, 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 oh,
give Jesus a shout and praise this morning. Good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome. We're glad you're here. Happy, merry Christmas Sunday to you. I think that's the way that goes. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Pastor James. Have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat. I want to just tell you about two. I'm going to give you only a minute to sit down. But two things that are coming up. On uh, December the 23rd, we're going to have a carols, a carols, candles, and communion service right here. Um, and that's at 7 o'clock p.m. There will be no separate children and youth um, ministries that day. And, but you can come, and that will be a time uh, of just worshiping together. And then on the 24th, uh, Christmas Eve, there will be children and students, children and student ministries, and that one's going to be at 6 o'clock p.m., uh, and that will be right here in the auditorium. We encourage you not only to come uh, and to join us either in person or online, but tell somebody about joining us online or in person as well. We love to see you, and you had your about 30 seconds of sitting down. Rise again. Let's continue in worship. Shepherds kept their watching over silent flocks by night. But all throughout the heavens, it shone a holy light. The shepherds feared and trembled, but low above the earth, bring out the angel chorus that held our Savior's birth. Jesus. 
Everybody doing good? We're gonna need your help sing this one out together, okay?
you guys but I was doing some last minute Christmas shopping online and uh, you know it's interesting I, I just wanted to get someone a gift you know I wanted to uh, give someone that I thought just you know they deserve something and so I was looking for it and the place said they had the item in stock but it says shipping unavailable it says pickup unavailable and I'm like, I just want to give this gift. And it says you have it, but you keep saying unavailable for me to get it, to give. So I don't know if any of you have had this problem, but it actually got me to thinking. I'm like, you know, I wonder how often God wants to use me to give a gift to somebody, but I'm not available. Now, I wonder how often he, he wants to demonstrate his love or his grace or his mercy or, or his power or his comfort or his healing. And, and I'm just not tuned in to him to where I'm unavailable. And he wants to use me to bless someone, but I'm not there. So can you guys kind of relate to that? And so I just, as we prepare our hearts for this message, and, and Pastor Chris has a great message that kind of dives a little further in on this, but... Uh, let's just open our hearts during this time. Let's just put away all distraction and let's just truly uh, say, you know what, God, I want to be available to you. I want my life to be an offering. And here's the amazing thing is Jesus didn't just come and be born in a manger for this person or that person. It's with, for all of us, wherever we find ourselves, no matter how broken we are, no matter how imperfect we are, he still came for you. And even in your imperfection, he still wants to use you. So let's just open our hearts as we engage uh, just to prepare for the message. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come and move. And let's just say, you know what, okay, God, I'm available. Whatever you want to do in my life this morning and however you want to use me beyond these walls.
as my life may be I will give you every
is a sacrifice. Use me how you want to call. Have you thrown within my fall? Father, we thank you that you're the God who searches for us, that seeks us out. You're the God who moved into the neighborhood and became like us so that we could become like you. And so this morning, Father, as we bow our heads in prayer, in this place and all over the world where people are watching us online, we say that we're available to you, Father as belongers, as believers, we're available to you. And so, Father, we would be a glove that you can put your hand in so that light and hope goes from this place and from our places all over the world. You have called us. You have equipped us. And you're calling us to go. So, Father, uh, I pray, Lord, that... Uh, as we sit and listen to your word, broken, that it would uh, come to us and meet us at our point of needs and that you would send us with the message of Christmas, hope in the darkness, not just in the places where we want to be, but even in the places that we don't want to be. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. And Father, will we be like the prophets of old when you ask the question, who will go for me? May we say, here I am, Lord, send me. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Please be seated. want to remind you of, of as we go through this COVID era, which will soon be over, uh, another, uh, another vaccine was approved this week, and I'm excited about that. I want to remind you of our social distance covenants and uh, the fact that we want to keep our mask on and we're not drinking in the, in the auditorium or anything like that. And soon this will be over and we'll have donuts and coffee and tang. Was it tang or orange juice or something like that? Again, and I'm looking forward to that day. Hey, if you have your phones with you, you can check in on Facebook. Take your phones out. Go to Salem Fields on Facebook and check Check in, and that will let people know that you're here. And maybe, just maybe, they'll join you here uh, worshiping with us this weekend. Hey, I want to thank you so much for your faithful giving of tithes and offerings. We know that we worship through giving. And so right now you have an opportunity, if you haven't already done so, to worship through giving online. And we have a number of ways that you can do that. There's a bucket outside. If you want to drop in cash or checks, whatever, you can go to the stripe machine and just kind of stripe your, your credit card 
card or your debit card or whatever, but there are a number of ways in which you, you can give. And we want to thank you for your giving so far for the Thanksgiving offering. We're really excited about that because that offering leaves here and goes all around the world. And we are up to $40,000 on our $50,000 goal. So that's worth a hand clap. That's right. And so if you have not had an opportunity to give to others this Thanksgiving and Christmas season, we would love to challenge you to do that. Remember, we're, not, we're, we're just asking for everybody to participate. However God will have you participate beyond your tithes and offering, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. Hey, I want to let you know about a couple of things coming up. There's a Christmas light hike uh, where we'll look at the, hi- the lights downtown. And if you're interested in that, that is going to take place on Sunday evening at 5 p.m. at the Her Camp Park. I don't think I've ever pronounced that word before, Her Camp Park. And so you can get more information online about that. And then want to tell you that if you're decorating a reef, we did ours, Jay did ours the other day. If you're decorating a reef and you're going to upload it to the Family Connect website or the Journey website, the deadline to do that is by 1222. So in a couple of days, that deadline will come, and we want you to participate in that, and we'll have an opportunity to judge those uh, different reefs. Hey, I'm going to ask Chris Barham, our church board, leadership board secretary, to come up, and, uh, and she's going to make a special announcement. Good morning, church. It's so great seeing faces in the seats, uh, not just in little boxes on the computer, right? Um, I've been honored to be asked, I am honored to be asked to um, present some Christmas gifts to some super special people. Um, this has been a challenging year, would you agree? And, uh, and through it all, our amazing staff has held things together, um, rolled with the punches, managed to keep things going both in this building and beyond the walls of this building. And we just wanted to thank them in a more tangible way this Christmas. So we, um, on behalf of all of you, really, uh, and the church leadership board, um, we're presenting some Christmas gifts to each person on the staff. Now, not everybody is here. And, of course, usually, you know, we have people come up and we hug and we clap and all that. But, you know, COVID. So, what we're going to do instead is I'm going to call out everybody's name, and when you hear your name, if you're here, kind of stand up and wave so that everybody knows who you are and what you do, and this is not because of COVID. Um, So, first and foremost, I want to recognize our amazing new lead pastor who is definitely here by God's grace, and uh, so James Hayward, stand up and say hi. It's such a blessing to us all, and we're so thankful. Um, next is Tone Poindexter. You know him. He's usually sitting back there in the cage, but we let him out for a while. A uh, multi-talented young man who is just gifted in so many ways, and we're so blessed to have him here. Um, Christian Marston, who is, uh, of course, Buddy and Gay's grandson, Jody and Jason's son, um, who does a lot of our online social media website sort of thing. Super gifted young man. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not here, but yeah, I like that. Howard Wentz, Mr. Moneybags. There he is. Thank you, Howard. He's back in the back. Jamie Jingle. Jamie, you're awesome. That's him back there. All of this lights, camera, action is all because of Jamie. 
Jason Mueller, oh my gosh, a rock, just a, a total immovable object. He's been here so faithful and done so much for this church and continues to do so. Jody, Jody Mueller, you know her from her angelic voice and amazing worship leading every week, most every week. Kelly Paget, the evangelist. Where are you, man? There he is. Love this man. He's gifted. If you've never heard him preach, you are missing out on an amazing part of life. Chris Beckert, where's my girl? Yeah, she is. There she is. What a creative, amazing young woman. You're going to be blessed by her message today. It's been way too long since we heard her preach. Lindsay Rumsey, where are you, girl? Is she here this She was here this morning. Awesome. Just awesome leadership wherever whatever she touches. It's great. Marie. Marie, are you in here? Last time I kind of missed her, but she was here this morning. Marie Dreibelbiss, she is the oil that keeps that office engine running. She's amazing. She uh, keeps everybody on their toes. Michelle Hoffman, if you don't know Michelle, I think she's on vacation. She runs our um, learning center, and what an amazing woman of God and an amazing leader she is. She has really done amazing that's too many amazings, but she's done so much great work back there, and we're blessed to have her. Rini Peppers was here this morning. Yay, Rini. Oh, my gosh, that's who I want my kids with. She's, she's awesome. She just loves on those babies um, and is such a blessing. Rich Green, you know him up here, Mr. Guitar Man. And I got to tell you, I have known Rich since he was in high school. He's the same age as my daughter, who's 33. Oh my gosh, I'm so old. And he has, I've just been blessed to watch him grow up to be a fine young man of God and a, a wonderful leader here in this church. Russ Kern, who keeps this place clean and wonderful for us, he's not here today. But please, anytime you don't see trash on the ground and every time you don't see a dirty bathroom, that's Russ, <laughs> among others. Stephanie, Stephanie Holloway is another amazing staff member. She, she helps handle the money and keeps the books. And again, not my gifting. I'm glad God made people like that in this world. Stephen Clark, another young man who's just awesome. Again, whenever you don't see trash, whenever you see a clean bathroom, you thank Stephen. And Walter Cruz, who's a, another awesome man of God who does our Hispanic service here, but he also helps manage the properties. And so we are blessed as a church to have these people on staff. I know you know that, but it's really awesome to be able to recognize them. Um, and I know you all have been so faithful in praying, especially over this past year, year and a half with everything that's going on. Um, and I just want to take this minute, uh, a minute to pray for them. They really are the embodiment of what the body of Christ should look like in a small scale where everybody does a different thing to make the whole process go um, and we're just so grateful so join me please as we just pray for them really quick dear Heavenly Father I am so 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 grateful and thankful that you have brought these men and women to us to work either on stage or behind the scenes to fulfill whatever job has to be done to keep this place running to help us all within the walls but also outside the walls uh, to bring your kingdom to our community i ask you to bless protect them guide them as they move forward as we continue to navigate all these ups and downs that we are 
continually facing. Uh, we're thankful for you and your faithfulness, Lord, and the manifestation of your spirit through these people. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Chris. When we were putting together this message series for Christmas, Welcome to the Neighborhood, we got together with a number of pastors and we began to work it and begin to design it and create it. And, and I thought it would be really great uh, on this Christmas Sunday to have Chris Beckard, our pastor of fun, as she calls herself, come and wrap this series up. And so would you give a warm Salem Fields welcome to Pastor Chris. Awesome. Great to be here with you all today. And I'm going to get this lit up. Y'all see that? Isn't that cute? This is thanks to our friends over at uh, Smith Station Elementary actually gave me this to, to borrow for today. So I'm just so excited about Christmas coming. I think this of all years is a year that we really need to celebrate, right? Who, who's looking forward to Christmas? Just like raise your hand or clap, or if you're online, just give a hoot and holler, yeah. Yeah, and, and one of my favorite things about this time of year is Christmas cards. I love lights, don't get me wrong, but I love Christmas cards, and I love when you just hear from people like you haven't thought of, to admit it, in like, you know, since last year, I guess, and, and you get like some interesting ones in the mail, and I uh, just want to share with you a, a couple of these. Well, first off, uh, actually, our church here at Salem Fields, you might remember in November, we uh, filled out and created a bunch of Christmas cards that we were sending to our ministry partners in Nigeria and India. And lo and behold, they arrived this weekend. So we had several hundred Christmas cards that went to James and Charity in in Nigeria and our friend Manu and his ministry in India and they're just so blessed by that. So Manu and James and Charity, they're usually worshiping with us online. So thank you so much for your ministry. Thank you all for helping us serve and to, to minister to them. And, um, and if you're like me, you know, you receive a bunch of different cards and things that are kind of random in the mail. I'll just share a couple of these with you. So this is one I got last week from a good friend of mine. This is not a devil. It says, Bruce from Krampus. Now, Krampus, and it has like this, this kind of figure with horns leading a bunch of children that are in chains. And this is not a devil, let me just correct that. This is Krampus, it's an alpine legend. Krampus is St. Nicholas's friend who takes away all the bad children. Yes, yeah, so go ahead, look it up, Wikipedia, it's on there. So this was a greeting from my friend. I've also gotten the, the family pictures. Anybody do the family picture thing? You take your picture, and it's always so cute and quaint, and lots of joy there. I've also gotten Christmas family trivia. They wrote all the little, like, your Christmas letter thing, and they put it into a trivia game. And, um, and maybe you've received, received some of those type of cards. Maybe you yourself has, has sent cards this year. I know some people sent them in, like, November. I don't know why, maybe it's 2020, right? You send things early and you get the family photos, the letters, you know, you get the Dollar Tree cards, which I'm a super fan of. You have the non-offensive Happy Holidays cards. And sometimes, sometimes you get some very kind of freaky cards too. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I posted on Facebook a sampling 
of some very interesting Christmas cards that I rec highly recommend that you do not get any ideas from and send maybe next year. I'm going to share a couple of my favorites with you. Blessed Holidays, the clown and the mime. Apparently, y'all don't like clowns and mimes, or I guess on a Christmas card, but that's a little bit freaky, right? Would you like to receive something like that? Maybe you yourself would, would put something like that together. Merry Christmas, the Santa picture. The child escape, escaping Santa, running away because he's, who wants to sit on a man wearing a red suit? We have this, not much to say about that. So moving on, we have the 80s photo of, with the cats. Yeah, and that awesome, I could do one. We have the TBD, so that's what happens when you're someone in your family is date. I get a good laugh. If someone in your family is dating somebody. You take the family picture, and then the breakup happens, and then the card arrives. Well, you just get a little sticker, pop that on there, and you are set. So lots of fun and joy spread through Christmas cards, and it's actually a a really big industry. I don't know if you know this, but two billion Christmas cards are sent each year. And can you guess what percentage of those two billion are sent by men? Anyway, zero. Y'all are really, man, the first service they said that too. 15% are sent by men. So we have to give the guys a little bit of credit here. And, yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. And, and, and in addition to 500 million e-cards, you know, an e-card is the thing you send if you're very cheap or you forget. You know, everybody loves a little dancing Christmas hamster and then you hit delete. Very easy to handle. And, and the, the history of Christmas cards is really interesting, too. Um, they actually date back to 1611, 1611, when there was a physician who sent the very first Christmas card to James I of England. But it wasn't until about 200 years later when commercial Christmas cards began to take off, kind of mass, not mass produced, but multiples that were produced. And there was a guy named Sir Henry Cole, and he commissioned his artist friend, John Horsley, to make the first commercial Christmas card. And this is what it looked like. You can see there's kind of three panels, and in the center are three generations of the Cole family, three generations of that family that are represented in all of their merriment. But the two other panels are especially interesting, because what do they depict? They depict acts of giving and a celebration of charity, and, and showing love to those in their community who were less fortunate. It's very interesting to me that this idea of, of sending Christmas cards, you know, we send them to people in our lives to, that have meant something to us, but we also send them to give a little bit of hope, right? Some love, some charity. And, and I, that's kind of the main idea I want to camp out on today, because as I was preparing for this message, it came to me, that like a Christmas card, you are sent. You are sent. That like Christmas cards, we are sent by God. Because the story that scripture tells us, the story the Bible shares, is that God is always sending. God is always sending. That God is a God who sends. He's on a mission to redeem the world, and God is always outward-facing. He's never inward-facing, always outward-focused. And that's why 
Scripture tells us he moved into the neighborhood, to use the Eugene Peterson paraphrase from John 1.14, which says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And that's been our core scripture, this, this sermon series that we've been unpacking. It's been a really, really a story of sending, of sending. Because Pastor James started us off in this series talking about the backstory to Christmas, as, as kind of depicted by this first window frame here. And, and he talked about how God sent Israel to be his witness to the nations. But of course, again and again and again, they fail. But what's more is that again and again and again, God extends his grace to them. And then God does more sending. He sends the prophets. He sends the prophets to his people. And this one prophet, Prophet Isaiah, he talks about in one of his prophecies, about how a shoot springs forth from the house of David. That's the little picture there. That there would be the prediction of a coming king, a coming Messiah that would restore things once and for all. All this brokenness would come to an end. And then Pastor Kelly, Pastor Kelly picked it up with the kind of the question of why now? Why now? What, and, and he talked about this, this famous story that was once a book and is a movie by C.S. Lewis. Can anybody remember the title of that that he talked about? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, fantastic story. If you haven't seen it, haven't watched it in a while, I recommend it. And he, he talked about how God sent his son into the world as the light of the world, as the light, the light in the midst of the darkness. And then last week, Last week, Pastor Jason took us to the who. He asked the question of the who. And every time I see that, I can't help but think about the band. I don't know if, if that's you or not. But how he talked about Jesus was sent for everyone. For everyone. And Jesus was sent to the cross. And he died and was buried and then resurrected. But today, today, we're going to focus on another question. The question of now what? Now what? And I think this is often a part of the Christmas story that we miss, and a part of maybe even Christianity that we miss too, because only part of the Christmas story is about a baby in a manger. So following Christ's resurrection, God sends the Spirit. The Spirit. The, God sends a whole new people of God, comprised of both Jews and Gentiles, to go all into the world and to proclaim the good news of the message of salvation. And, and what's more with that is that Jesus, Jesus, before he leaves his disciples, before he goes back to and ascends to heaven, after he's resurrected, he says some key words. And so he goes to his disciples and says this. He says, therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. You're not doing this alone. I am with you always till the end of the age. So who's being sent now? Anybody who follows Jesus. That means you are sent. And, and this, is, this is big, folks, because this means that you are in the lineage of sending, going all the way back. But this word go, therefore go and make disciples. A lot of times we interpret that as the go, okay, I need to go to a foreign country, I need to be a 
missionary or I kind of, you know, do my religious, my church thing, and I go and I do that, and then I go back to the rest of my regular life. But what's interesting is the Greek word that's used here, pereuthentes, is better translated as you go. As you go. Not just go, but it's as you go. Yeah, you might be sent on a mission trip, but you're also sent to the grocery store. You're also sent to your school. You're also sent to your office and to your neighborhood. Uh, It's kind of like a a Christmas parade, right? Here in this kind of COVID era, we haven't had any Christmas parades, and I know a bunch of cities and counties, especially here in Fredericksburg, have attempted to make a version of a Christmas parade a couple weeks ago. And what's usually the parade, you know, a parade has a route, you have the floats and the bands that kind of go along, and people are on the sides and clapping and seeing all that. This year, what did they do? They made a drive-by parade, right? They made a drive-by parade, maybe in your community if you're worshiping online, where they had a set location where you would drive through and see the parade. Did anybody attempt to go to this this year? Anybody not? Okay, we have a hand that's proud there. Did you make it? No. Okay, so what happened was it was a dumpster fire. The whole thing was like they had a great intention, but the traffic, there were like 25,000 people that tried to go to this stationary parade, and half of them never got there. I have a friend who had two infants in the car. They waited three hours, three hours in the car. They were stuck. They couldn't move. And that's, that's the difference. Because sometimes, you know, we think of, of, okay, everybody has to come to us. They have to come to us, and, and then they get a bad experience, and then they never come back. You know, but what if we think of ourselves as the parade? We're moving as we go, as we go through life, and as we go through our days, we can have such a greater impact. See, 90% of ministry is not done in a church. It's not done in a Bible study It's not done even in an outreach event. It's done out there in your everyday, in your 9 to 5, in the 24-7 that you live. And so today, I'm going to flip the script a little bit and talk about what it means for us to move into the neighborhood. Us, as the sent ones, as just like Christmas cards that we send, that we're participating in God's work to make things new. And when we look at the Bible, we see that the Christmas story itself is actually a story of sending. It's a snapshot of this character of God as the sending God. And and the Christmas story, if you've ever read the Bible, you've noticed that it's only found in two out of four Gospels, believe it or not. But both, both Luke and Matthew, tell us it happened in this little town called Bethlehem. Bethlehem, you've heard the song, right? But what's interesting is if even if you've heard the story over and over again, none of the characters actually lived there. None of them. Zero. They were sent there. See, in Luke's account, Dr. Luke, Luke's account, it, it, the scripture includes all these directions to where people lived, and there's more time given to people moving about and going places and, than, than actually the birth of Jesus itself, which is only just a couple of verses. And I don't think the Bible does that by accident. I think it it does it on purpose because there's lots of places that are all crammed into scripture and everybody is going and returning home and leaving. and, and, And I think they're all really being sent. And they're being sent to Bethlehem. 
So I want to talk about this neighborhood of Bethlehem for a minute. So Bethlehem is about five miles outside of Jerusalem, a very insignificant city, town to most people. It's kind of like the, the town of Orange. We have anybody here that has driven in from Orange. If you're worshiping online, you might be like, Orange, or is that like California somewhere, right? No, it's this little town. It's just about kind of like a little bit northwest if you're headed towards, uh, the, towards Charlottesville. And the town of Orange, to us, in the living in this area, we know where it is. You've probably driven there. You've probably visited there, have friends there. But people elsewhere would be like, you know, kind of where's that, that type of thing. Well, that was kind of like Bethlehem in this time. That the, the people around there, it was kind of a blip on the radar screen. It had under 1,000 people in population. And unless you were Jewish, you really had no idea where it was. But if you were Jewish, it was largely symbolic because the Jews knew that Jacob's wife, Rachel, was buried there. That's an Old Testament story. Ruth and Boaz, that's where that all happened in the book of Ruth. And then even more significantly, King David. King David was born there. And that's kind of like today, right, when when somebody grows up in a nondescript small town and then they get super famous. You know, we have... Uh, George Washington, that other places can say that George Washington slept here, and we can actually say George Washington was born here in Westmoreland, Virginia. And other places, you know, another example, Roswell, New Mexico, which is known for, yeah, UFOs, also Demi Moore, believe it or not. She kind of made that famous. Um, Jersey Shore, who was born there? Not the show. Who was born there? Jersey Shore? Bruce Springsteen, yes, you get an A. Yeah, kind of made famous through that, the birthplace of someone famous. And so there's this prophecy in the Old Testament that one day God would raise up a king, a Messiah, who would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem. But think, if Christmas was going to happen, it would happen in Bethlehem, but there is a problem in the story. Mary and Joseph are not in Bethlehem. So somehow, before Christmas can happen, they need to move to the place that Christmas needs to take place. I'm not sure if you've noticed this before. They need to, hap- they need to move to Bethlehem. And how does that happen? Well, Luke tells us, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. Good timing, huh? And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee and Judea to Bethlehem in the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So think about this. This is a last-minute trip, and Luke tells us it's because the emperor makes this census decree, right? The government steps in and does this whole thing, and everybody's up in arms because now they have to return home, and they have to go back there, and it's messing up their schedule, and they can't go to work, and they need to do all this. And there's no exemptions for anybody. This isn't like jury duty where you can say, hey, this is this going on, whatever. Even the pregnant lady, she gets no exemption. She has to make the difficult journey. And this will be a slow one because think about how far, when you throw that map up there, think about how far they had to travel. About a seven to ten day journey. And I have to say, I love Mary. I think she's awesome because I think had she been born in modern day, she would have been an ultra distance runner. 
because she had already made this journey in her first month, months of pregnancy to go see her cousin Elizabeth. It would have taken several days over mountains and all sorts of stuff and then trekked all the way home. And then she does this when she's like nine months, like full term. It's crazy, right? But, but think about it. It's not an easy move. Mary's tough. But do you think Mary and Joseph wanted to go to Bethlehem? Absolutely not. So pause there. So what does this story show us about God's sending? Well, I think Bethlehem reminds us, you may be sent where you don't want to go. You may be sent where you don't want to go. Have you ever been sent somewhere because you, even that you didn't want to be? Have you ever ended up somewhere where you didn't want to be? Maybe you've even had that conversation on your drive here or in the recent weeks and just said, I hate it here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. You know, put another way, just because you don't like being sent there doesn't mean that God didn't send you there. Sometimes we get confused in this. We think that Christmas and Jesus' coming is to start to our exit strategy from any problems and any bad things that could happen. And even this world itself, we think it's our exit. But our hope is not an escape from the world and its problems. Because actually that idea of Christianity, this idea that Jesus came so I could escape all of it and leave this world and just go to heaven and be with him and, and who cares about everything else, did you know that that's actually following an ancient pagan philosopher and not New Testament Christianity? This guy named Plato, not Plato, not like the stuff you play with in Christmas stocking stuff, but Plato, he actually taught that, that the spirit is more important than matter. And, and that he brought this idea that hope for salvation is hope for escape from the world. And so this combined in kind of the second to fourth century, combined with this Christian thought that Jesus would take us out of this world, that this isn't our home, we can just trash it and leave it behind, I don't care anyway, we're going to heaven. But in the New Testament, really tells us a different story. Because in the New Testament, hope is in a future bodily resurrection and a restoration of the entire thing, the entire world. It's not salvation from the physical world, but salvation of the world. And so, in fact, the story of Christmas is that God became matter himself as a man, and he's working to redeem it, to make all of it new. And one day he promises he will do so, that there will be no more death, no more suffering, and no more pain. And so the good news of the gospel isn't that we get to leave earth and go to heaven, but that we get to be a part of bringing heaven to earth. And so we're called to share the same things that the original Christmas card in the 1800s shared, that, that depicted giving and love and hope and charity, that one day we're promised that, yes, when we die, we get to be in Jesus, but that he will make all of it brand new. And how exciting is that? But part of it, part of being sent may mean going somewhere that you don't want to go. That maybe you've even talked about that. Maybe you're, if you're honest, that's what you would say. Uh, but you know what's interesting? That near the town of Nazareth, where Mary and Joseph started, there's this other city that most of us have not heard of, but the people of that time would have been super familiar with, whether they were Jewish or not. It's called Sepphoris. You see where it is on the map. 
And Sepphoris was the place that everybody commuted for work. That was the big city. That was the place where the king should have been born. Anybody of your right mind would have said, well, the king, you know, what are you talking about, Bethlehem? I don't even see it on the, it's not even on the map here, right? Sepphoris is the place that it should be. And so I think, just put that in perspective, I think a lot of us have had Sepphoris moments, a, a place that we thought that we would be at age 30, at age 40, at age 50. We had that 10, five-year, 10-year plan and now we're depressed about it because none of those things had happened. And you ask that question, how did I get here? Why am I here? Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe you are a messenger and called and sent to be a messenger of grace in a place and a time, even to people who don't deserve it, to a place that's dark and needs it. That's the story of Jonah, if you look in the Old Testament scripture. That's the story of Jonah who was sent to a place in Nineveh where he didn't want to go. And what did he do? You know, he ran away and then got swallowed by a whale. And I'm not saying you're going to get swallowed by a whale. But sometimes God sends us to places where we don't necessarily want to be. Have you ever thought you just might be sent for just a time as this? Think about the chances of you being born here and now, even in this crazy, crazy time of COVID. Have you been, maybe you were here just for a time, just a time as this. Maybe God wants to change things or change someone or do something through you. And if you think you're not worthy, know that you aren't. But the cool thing is that God doesn't care about that. One of my favorite scholars, N.T. Wright, he says it like this. He says, when God wants to take charge of the world, he doesn't send in the tanks. He sends in the poor and the meek. So if you're poor and meek or feeling weak, you're in the perfect place for God to use you. Because God does not waste darkness. And he won't waste where you are right now, even if it's not a place you want to be. So I want to challenge you, if you're in that place right now, or know somebody, have a family member who is, I want to challenge you to show up, to look around, because you just might be sent to the very place you don't want to be. And you know what else? You know what else Bethlehem shows us, too, about God's sending? Well, Luke continues the story saying this. He says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. We're sent to family. Whether you like it or not, you're stuck with them. We're sent to family, and sometimes, sometimes we miss this. Uh, in, in this story, I hate to break it to you, so some bad news here. There is no innkeeper in the Christmas story, okay? Sorry, Charlie Brown, totally wrong. It's cute in the plays and all. But there was no innkeeper. There's no innkeeper because what would have happened was everybody's returning to their ancestral home, and grandma too, right? Everybody's going back. And there was, imagine, a town of a thousand. How many houses are there, right? Everybody's got to cram home, cram in, get home, get be with everybody. And the houses were kind of built. They would have a guest room for some people that would be visiting. But otherwise, like, you know, you're kind of on your own with the rest of the space. Imagine people just, like, sleeping everywhere and kind of like pre-COVID holidays, right? But, but imagine Mary and Joseph, they show up, and here she is. She's, like, third trimester, right? She's like ready to burst at any pop at any moment, right? And so everybody's looking around and they're saying, oh my gosh, where are we going to put them? And they would have known as good Jews that had they touched anything that would have 
come out of Mary while she's giving birth and all kind of kind of gross and disgusting. Like they would have been deemed unclean, which means no work, can't go out of the house, can't do anything, and that would have been really, really bad. So what'd they do? Well, there was no room for them in the guest room, because that's already taken, there's enough family. They put them in the garage. So the stable is really what we would call the garage in our own houses. It's kind of below the house. It was actually a quite warm place. Think about that. It would have been kind of cozy, a place for them to be. But it's not a Marriott, right? You're not staying at the Marriott. There's no like cushy sheets and pillows. There was no room for them in the guest room. Do you know what it feels like? You know what it feels like in your family when there's no room for you? Have you ever felt that way? Or maybe there's no room for Jesus in your family. Maybe you're the only one who believes in Jesus. That, that maybe the rest of your family makes fun or they're indifferent or they just hate religion overall and you know, you're, you're not quite sure what to do. You feel out of place, kind of like the white elephant gift exchange. I don't know if anybody has done that. Who has participated in white elephant? So it's also called uh, Yankee Christmas Swap, apparently. Any other names for it? I'm learning all these things. Uh, what's that? Dirty Santa. Okay, that's a new one to me. Okay, Dirty Santa, where you have all the gifts and they're wrapped and they're things that people don't want and then you open them and you try to get rid of them and like pass them around and stuff. And you might feel that way. Um, just short story, kind of squirrel side note here. Um, I participated in one of those a while back and um, someone wrapped up an urn. Fortunately, their grandma was not inside, <laughs> you know. And that got passed around and around. I don't know who ended up with it. I hope the person that gave it. But, but sometimes we feel that way. We feel like we're the one that nobody has room for, nobody wants. But the scripture reminds us that we're sent to family. Like a Christmas card, you're sent. And the problem is sometimes, sometimes we get overexcited about sharing Jesus and know the importance of sharing Jesus with people that, that we, we do something that, that is just like when you receive a card in the mail and you take it out of the envelope and you open it up and guess what's inside or pours out? The glitter. The glitter. Glitter is like the anthrax of the card world. Don't send it because you'll find it till like Halloween next year. And, and the thing is, some of us, we, we share Jesus that way. We're like, it's good in our heads. It's so pretty, right? Jesus, Jesus, like, spread the glitter out. Okay, we're going to share them with everybody. And everybody that receives them, they hate it. They hate it. They're like, why are you doing Like, I'm not interested in that. You know, it sounded great to the sender, but now they're turned off by it. So don't do that. Don't be glitter. But look, what should we do? Well, don't be glitter, but be like Mary and Joseph. Stay in the house. And what I mean by that is, it's easy to cut yourself off from your family. It's easy to write people off, to say, oh, well, they don't believe anyway. I'm not ever, like, sharing anything. I'm just going to, like, leave them out of my life. You know, stay in the house. Share that charity, that hope, that love, that joy. See what God does with it. Send them a card. It's a little bit too late to send one for Christmas. I think Friday was the deadline for the postal service. Um, but I have a friend who did this, sent her mom, her estranged mother, a card. And she hadn't talked to her mom in years and knew she had a really bad, rough relationship. And she just felt that God was calling her to send a card, and she did. And lo and behold, a couple months later, she gets a card back in the mail. And that began 
a bit of a rekindling, a healing of that relationship where they began to express themselves by writing back and forth. And, and so seeing ourselves as the sent ones, that maybe God has sent you to your family to be that light, to share that hope. And there's more sending, though. There's more sending in the story because we see from the next verses that they're shepherds, Luke tells us. They're shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping their watch over flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Pastor Jason shared a little bit about this last week, about how God calls you know, those of us who are not qualified because he qualifies the called. But, but then the angel chimes in and, 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 of course, tells the shepherds who are scared to death to relax. And then the angels say, go to Bethlehem to see this newborn king. And the shepherds' response is, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I want to take a little bit of different aspect here. So what happened here? Well, the shepherds, they were sent at work. They were sent at work. These were night shift employees. This was not a good job, one that a lot of criminals would take. They were not held in high esteem, which makes you think for a second, isn't it interesting that God refers to himself as a shepherd and to his people as sheep? Kind of interesting thought process there. I don't have time to get into that. But, but did you know that when God calls people most often in the Bible, kind of seven out of ten times, the majority of times he calls them while they're at work, while they're on the job. Moses, David, Ruth, shepherds, disciples. You know, maybe for you, you keep looking for the next thing. And, and, and I get that. But what if your job is less about just earning a paycheck and more about being on a mission, especially right now with all the craziness that's going on. Uh, maybe, maybe just you've been sent to that people and to that workplace for a reason. I mean, I'm thankful that a lady named Mary Ann, when I was working in an environmental science facility before my pre-ministry career, I'm thankful that Mary Ann, who was an office administrator, decided that she was going to start a small group at our lab facility. And it was open to anybody. And so at the workplace, she started a group that gathered at lunchtime and invited me to be a part of that, as well as some others. And because of Mary Ann and what she did at work following God's calling, I can say that that was part of my story that led me here today. What could God do? Um, there's a member of our welcome team who's on staff at a school locally. And she prays with their school staff every single morning at 7.30 a.m. What could God do if you saw yourself as sent? I have a, a friend who started this job he really hated. He just needed a paycheck. Everybody was miserable there. He showed up every day. Couldn't wait until the time was over. And he thought about, what could God be calling me to right here? Well, he went out and he bought a dozen Nerf guns. And one day, at the end of work, he threw everybody a Nerf gun, all the guys. He said, let's start a war. And I have to say, they had the best time. He said he saw guys light up that he never saw before. He started building relationships. And, and there was a sense of, of joy, actually, in that workplace. Another friend of mine, she writes encouragement notes. As she hears of things going on in people's lives, she'll just leave them a note at their desk that says, you know, thinking of you, praying for you. 
And so what could happen, right? What would, how would seeing yourself as sent change your job, change you? How could it change your environment? How could it change your workplace? Because the shepherds are changed. The shepherds are changed, and what they see does not stay with them. So Luke says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Fourth and finally, we're sent to our neighborhood. We're sent to your neighborhood. And one of my favorite pastors slash writers, um, she says, the most qualified to speak the gospel are those who truly know how unqualified they are to speak the gospel. Sent to our neighborhood, sent to those around us that we have been, you have been strategically placed in your house, in your location, in your community. And I want to talk for a second to those who live in a physical neighborhood, that you can see your neighbors to left to right, maybe across the street. Do you know your neighbors? It's a simple question. Do you know their names? Do you know their kids' names? Do you know their dogs' names? You know, do you actually know them? Now is a great time to start. People are even more so in need of community. You know, what would it look like even during the Christmas season? Drop something off for them. You know, maybe, maybe it's a social distance the next time that you, you see them out just to say, hey, you know what, I realize I don't know you. I don't know your name. I hope that, you know, I maybe get a chance to, to chat at some point, even if it's in the yard or over the fence. You know, what would it look like for you to get to know your neighbors? Uh, and also pray for your neighbors. There's a great website called blesseveryhome.com. You can email me if you need that, blesseveryhome.com, that if you sign up for it and give your address, they will send you an email every single morning at 4 a.m. that has a list of your neighbors by name and their address of people to pray for. And it's a different group every single day. And they'll send you that. They'll send you actually a little prayer that you can begin to pray for them if you're not quite sure what their needs are. And it's amazing how you can see God to begin to work in your community just by praying for people, even people that you might not know or have a relationship with. And, and those of you who don't have neighbors, you know, you live in a property and you can't see anybody for, you know, a while, you know, I want to challenge you to think of, think of your neighborhood as a parish. And if you grew up Catholic, you might have that in mind. It's a little bit different. But this idea of a parish is kind of like a radius, Think of the dot in the center as your home or community. And think of that radius. Where are the places that you shop? Where are your kids' schools? Where do you go to work? Where do you hang out? Where is the ball field? Draw a circle around it. And think of all the people that you interact with. That's your parish. John Wesley, who was the founder of Methodism, and he was a theologian that kind of led to our denomination in the Nazarene Church, um, he had this idea that the world was his parish. You know, he's, here he is in the center and the world around him is his parish, the place that he was called to minister. And, or maybe for you, it's a digital, it's a digital parish. Those of you who are teachers, you're teaching virtually, you have kids that you haven't even met in, in person, or you're part of a gaming community, thinking of, of, of those people that you interact with, that as your parish, that circle, that you are in the center of that radius, and that you're reaching out. What would it look like to share good news? What is the good news that is needed to be heard here and now? Because the Christmas story tells us, and Jesus tells us, that you are sent. 
See, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Just like a Christmas card. As you go, make disciples. And sometimes it's somewhere where you don't want to be. So I'm going to challenge you today to show up and to look around. Sometimes you're sent to a crazy family. Stay. Stay. Have boundaries, but don't be glitter. Or you're sent to your workplace. Begin to think of yourself as receiving more than a paycheck, and rather, rather than just a paycheck, being on mission and being sent to your neighborhood, your parish, the place and community that God has called you. Because the Christmas story doesn't end at the manger, because Jesus sure doesn't, and neither do you. What's your Bethlehem? Where, where are you sent? Will you go? It's a simple question, but sometimes very difficult to answer. Will be the Bethlehem that God has placed you in or called you to, will that be the place that you see God do something that you have never seen before in 2021, and you b- begin to experience God in a real way that you have never encountered? Will you take that risk? Will you go? The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And if Jesus has moved into your neighborhood, maybe it's time for you to do so as well. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, we come to you today in the spirit of Christmas on this Christmas Sunday, God. And we're reminded that the story does not end at the manger. And even more so, we are invited into the story. What an amazing uh, privilege that is, that the creator of the universe would want us to be a part of what he's doing, God. We just praise you just in that, God. Lord, and I just pray for strength. I pray for courage for some of us that that are struggling with this to, to see ourselves as ministers, to see ourselves as as having a a community that we've been called and strategically placed in to serve and to love. And God, that that some of us need help with that. Some of us are unsure of what that actually looks like. And I ask you to provide that specific guidance. But Lord, as we, we know that you tap us on the shoulder, help us to be obedient to that call, God. Whatever way, shape, and form that you've called us to. Thank God. We just thank you, Lord your amazing grace in our lives, that we would be able to share that with people who are living in darkness right now, that need that hope, that you would use us, Lord, that we would say, Lord, here I am, send me. And God, we know that you reply and you respond to that prayer. And we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gift of your son. And Lord, We look forward to what you're going to do in 2021. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's give the Lord a clap for his word and thank Pastor Chris. I hope you'll take that challenge uh, to heart. Remind you that uh, we'll meet again in this place and online the 23rd at 7 p.m. and the 24th at 6 p.m. 
Thank you for being here. We know there's many places that you could share uh, your weekend, whether you're online or in this place, and we thank you for showing up and being here. God bless you. Love you guys.